Mama. A word that we all know, a word some of us hear a thousand times a day, and some are anxiously waiting for. It's a title accompanied by immense joy, deep loss, and hearty laughter. I'm Aubrey. And I'm Marin. We love mamas, and we love your strength and your sacrifice. We honor your easy days and the days where you hide in a closet. Because we have them too. We know that moms need moms, and that's where we come in. And the best part is, you can show up in your messy buns and sweatpants and we'll never know. In fact, we're probably in ours too. We hear you and we want to connect with you. This is your community. So welcome to our sisterhood. Welcome to our circle. Welcome Welcome to to the Mamahood. Welcome, mamas. We are so excited to have Ralphie here. From We've been Simply counting on down the days for this. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I know. <laughs> We've had you on the calendar for a while. We're so excited. Um, so many of our listeners and our mamas in our community have requested to have you on. They love you. So, oh, awesome. and with reason. Um, so, Ralphie, um, why don't you just introduce yourself a little bit for our listeners, tell us about your family, and then kind of your mission statement and what you're trying to accomplish with your platform and your business and everything. Yeah, I would love to. So um, Simply On Purpose is an Instagram feed that I founded, and um, I use it to change children's lives, to impact their families in a positive way, um, to add love and peace and harmony into a home and to just give um, parents a sense of empowerment that they can create a culture in their family that's purposeful, that's deliberate, that's intentional. Um, so I just do as my, my best to create as much content that's inspiring for families to strengthen them and to um, find peace in their homes. And how many kids do you have? Tell me real quick, just kind of a little bit about you. Yeah, I have four daughters, um, Aaron, Lucy, Nell, and Sybil, and they age between almost 16 and five years old, and um, I live in Austin, Texas. They're with my husband. We work together. He's a huge support for Simply On Purpose, and... um, and so a you guys life. both do simply on purpose or yeah he helps that's me cool. with it yeah that's really yeah. amazing that's awesome it's not a day job <laughs> we're not there yet but yeah. well and you're not even help. talking yourself up enough like this girl does workshops <laughs> yeah, she like, travels around people pay to come and hear her yeah. speak like what what like started it or what got you like I've got to do this. Like what kind of brought that whole thing? So um, my passion is children. I I taught children and created curriculum for children's organizations. I love kids. I love the way that they interact with the world. I love how they learn. It fascinates me. And so I started um, there. That's what my education is in. But I saw this huge need for... um, a positive conversation about how to interact with your children in your home. And so I started teaching parenting classes locally, but just like this tapping on my heart was constant. Like you've got to do more. You have to speak louder. You have to find a platform where you can speak louder. And so the answer was Instagram. Um, And so I founded um, Simply On Purpose and switched it over to that. And within about six months, I was speaking at an event and a lady was there who um, was like, hey, why don't you come? I have this venue. Come and speak at this venue. And I was like, nobody's going to pay tickets to listen to me talk. But they sold out within an hour. And um, oh it goodness. was just kind of like that was the first realization that this was something that is so greatly needed. And um, it ch- has changed my life. I it's love changed that. my life. 
And it's crazy, even like in my own life conversations, I'll be talking to my sisters and they'll be like, yeah, did you see what Simply On Purpose said about, you know, like they'll go off about different things and I'm like, I love her stuff. Like you've got to get her on the show. So we're so glad that you're here oh, to be with good, us today. Good. And you have so much great content. I mean, so many things that you speak about and that I would consider you an expert on and that I've tried to implement into my mothering. Um, and as someone who strives to be a gentle mother, that's kind of like my... What I've always wanted to be in my kind of um, mantra, know, my mantra yeah. every day. I'm like, please help me be a gentle mother. Mm-hmm. Um, so many of your messages resonate with me so strongly and clearly. Um, and so today we want to chat with you about positive parenting, creating a happier home. Um, so and that's what you talk about a lot on your platform. So tell our listeners, what does it mean to be a positive parent? Um To me, what it means to be a positive parent is to use your energy and your resources to create more good in your life. That look that can look a lot of different ways. Um, It's focusing on the good that your children perform. It's focusing on positive consequences rather than punishment or negative consequences, adding pain or or taking things away from your child. Um, It's focusing on teaching your child what they should do and what they can do rather than just to stop a behavior. Mm -hmm. So it's all about moving behavior forward in a positive direction and giving your children lots of reasons to behave well. Um, That's what positive parenting is to me. Yeah. And it's switching so much of the feeling in the home, I think. Yeah. By doing it that way. Right. Right. Because um, like you create momentum. That's why I always talk about like as as a parent you have this great power and ability to create that momentum and that environment in your home. Like we are in complete control of the environment in our homes. And so that's why it's so empowering um, that you can do that, that you can make the biggest difference in your home just because you are put in that place of stewardship with, for your children. And what a huge responsibility. Like, <laughs> yeah. It can be really overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you um, feel like that was, can I ask her this really ahead. fast? Do you feel like that's like a learned thing or do you feel like it came natural for you or how did that like come to kind of be your passion on teaching that? Yeah, that's a good question. I would say both. Um, I, um, I love kids, so it's easy for me to have positive interactions with children, but not necessarily in my life in general. Does that make sense? Yeah. I still feel down about um, things in my life. And so even though uh, it does come natural to me in some ways and other ways, it's work. And that's something that I try to send a message out there is like, just be willing to put in the work if it's something that's worth it to you and a family should be, right? It should yeah. be our number one priority. I think that um, a family and parenting is your number one earthly endeavor. Like that yeah. is your job, right? And that's, that's where we find success, true success in life. And so if you are willing to put in the work lives will change your life will change cycles will change um your children's lives will be better for it they'll have a model in their home that they can um, look back to for the rest of their lives as somebody that um, they want to emulate they want to be like and that doesn't mean that we have to be perfect yeah you're supposed to be human yeah Uh, actually your children will bond with you more strongly if you make mistakes and you apologize for them yeah so you are supposed to be human um but uh, the point is, is just to continue to strive and be willing to put in the work. So what do you mean when you say cycles will change? 
So there's a statistic where um, that's kind of staggering uh, that says that 60% of abused children abuse their children. Mm. So the cycle of parenting is super strong, whether it's a positive cycle or a negative cycle. It's really, really strong. So that's my goal with Simple and Purpose is generational change, is to change cycles, give them the tools to be that strong link between the generation before them and the generation after them, to be that link that that pulls the family forward. What factors come into our home that you feel like stop our home from being a positive place? Distraction is one of the biggest ones, um, being distracted. Also, parents... We live in this environment right now that's very narcissistic. It's very like turned inward. Mm-hmm. And first of all, we're distracted. And then the world tells us like, it's all about you, right? It's me time. It's um, take care of yourself first, which yes. I believe in. Yes, that's good. But to a point, yeah. right? So <laughs> that's like a whole thing right now. Oh, I it is a very much a thing. And I know people are like, ah, she said not to take care of yourself. That's not... I am saying, yes, take care of yourself, but there is, like, to a point, we, like, the only way to truly be happy is to make other, is to help other people Mm -hmm. be happy. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I think that um, turning inward and thinking of, and um, being distracted, that's probably one of the biggest ones. The parent just thinking about their story rather than their child's story, because Mm -hmm. if you have Mm -hmm. a home, Mm -hmm. there are... I don't know, like three human beings in that home or four human beings or six, however big your family is, you have to remember that they all have a story. And um, the only way to truly foster respect and love is to communicate respect and love to your children. And so I think that's probably, those are probably some of the biggest hurdles. And also that honor, um, that badge of honor of being busy, like we outsource so much. And so, our children, like anxiety um, and stress and depression, and like th- those things are skyrocketing right now. ADHD, and I think that um, the environment plays a big toll in that, and what we decide to do with our family, and what we don't, and what we don't decide to do with our family. Oh my goodness! And I just love what you're saying about like it's their story. It's I mean. My husband and I try to remember each other all the time. Like, this is their day, too. This is their life, too. And um, their story, that's just, like, such a powerful phrase because our children are here because of us. And I just, I agree. Like, I do feel like we have a responsibility to to give them a positive experience and give them positivity in their life. There's so much power in that. Um, How do you feel like, um, you say distraction, and you mentioned, like, technology and stuff like that how does that play into having a positive or a more negative environment in our homes do you think um well there's research out there that says um children that are on screens uh, especially interactive screens that it just kind of it puts their brains into like a chronic state of stress so they um have anxiety they're stressed out and so that can look like a lot of diagnosable stuff even so if you can just just live a purposeful life. That's just my message all the time. If you want your children to watch Beauty and the Beast for two hours while you take a nap, that's great. But just make the purposeful decision that from two to four, I'm that's going to be nap time for me or things where I have to get um, my to-do list done. And so you'll be watching Beauty and the Beast while I do that. But what happens though is that life 
um, happens to us instead of us making decisions for life, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So um, I I would just look at like where where are you spending your time and and if and if uh, it it actually gives parents more happiness if they can just make a, a purposeful decision. I was talking to a good friend who was really struggling with joy and motherhood in general, and I just I just said to her, you know what, <laughs> showing up is accepted as your best. Mm -hmm. And if you can just decide four out of the seven nights of the week, we're going to have takeout. We're going to, (laughs) I'm not going to do dinner. Just make the decision. And then you'll feel good. Like, I've decided this is how I'm going to live my life. Make the decision to pay for a maid or make Mm -hmm. the decision to let your kids watch that, watch two movies a day or whatever it is so you can, um, get to a point where you're not just surviving, but you're thriving and you're taking that step towards um, feeling better about your life. I think that as long as we live it purposefully, whatever that looks like, we can feel better about ourselves. Um, and I and I look um, to your question about um, why I think screens or distraction is negative in a home it's just because we get frustrated with ourselves like ah mm-hmm. oh, oh i was I, i've been on instagram for 30 minutes you know i wasn't supposed to be doing that or um yeah. we I, let I, it become yeah a, a pushing my kids away yeah so um and that's i'm that's something that i battle with all the time making it a, a deliberate decision feels so much better it just feels so much better. And there's so much power in having it be yeah. like an intentional choice. Yeah. yeah. Say, um, same thing. Yeah. Just having it, everything you do be, have some kind of intention. Even if it is, we're having sugar, we're having, we're watching TV, whatever <laughs> right. it is that you're kind of like, I don't love, love that, but you're making intention for it and then you can move on. And I love that though, because I feel like sometimes you're in a survival mode and sometimes you're in a thriving mode and there's a difference. And I right. think after having a baby, you feel that survival trying to thrive mm-hmm. and those are awesome ways to kind of turn that I love that I needed I needed to hear yeah. that so thank you yeah yeah it, it, it puts those things that you want to do or that you that you have to do in order to survive on your to-do list yes instead of like oh this is like my weakness like yeah. oh I this is my vice or this is something like if you're like diet coke at two o'clock you know whatever it is like you uh, like three o'clock four that mental list or have you written it down mm-hmm. so that you feel like I, I, I'm I doing this on purpose, purpose. I love yeah. that I love that so much yeah um, <laughs> that's my catchphrase so, <laughs> I know very clear but Sorry. you know what it's a good one because we love it <laughs> <laughs> um, so our listeners are primarily these young moms we call them in the trenches you know mm. in these these years younger than five who are just at home with the little kids and um, like yesterday, my husband came home from work and he's like, how's your day? And I said, it was really great, except for, you know, like my 20 minutes of pure chaos that I have every day. And I just feel like we we hit these moments every day as young moms or older moms. I haven't been there yet, so I don't know, where everything is just kind of going wrong. And like, I feel like in a matter of 20 minutes yesterday, I had a kid almost choking on a fruit snack while another kid's toe was like caught in a in the shopping cart while she's screaming and it's those moments where you're like I can't handle this like I can't do this anymore yeah. um how how should we handle those moments how can we handle those moments peacefully and instead of letting that stress of that moment control us and turn us into you know a, a stressed out or an angry mom 
Yeah, that's a really good question. I think um, for me, be a little bit proactive about it. I know that's difficult to do when you're when uh, it, that's a very um, in your face kind of a stage, right? But if you can step back just a little bit and think, um, what are my expectations for this event? Whether it's like going mm-hmm. to the grocery store or whether it's trying to get um, a di- dinner on the table before daddy comes home or whatever that is. Is it that things are gonna run smoothly or is it that there's gonna be chaos? And if you're like, it's gonna be a little bit chaotic and I'm just gonna have to have those fruit snacks in my bag. I'm just gonna have mm-hmm. to be ready to hand those out like candy. I'm mm-hmm. gonna have to be... Um, you know, letting this child hug my leg and cry while I, I stir the pasta or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Like, if you go into that knowing that it's going to be like that, then it's almost like, oh, here we are. I knew that was going to happen. And <laughs> I know everything we, like I, oh, Yeah, Bev, I can predict that. And yeah. I'm just going to take a deep breath and let it happen. And it's going to happen for a short period of time today. But then things are going to get better. Um, I think that helps a lot. Most of the time we get frustrated and angry with our life or whatever's going on, whether it's our child's behavior or something else that has happened to us, we get frustrated with it because we have a different expectation. Like, I expect you to not throw a tantrum right now. Right. But they are throwing a tantrum. Right. So it's not necessarily what's happening that's frustrating us, but our expectations that are frustrating us. So if you can kind of like separate those two out, like life is life. My expectations are what's making me frustrated right, right. now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that helps to separate your story from what's really happening and just kind of um, think, is is it realistic? Is it realistic for me to think that everything's going to run smoothly, especially when yeah. I'm trying to go to the grocery store when it's nap time? And that's another thing is really try to set your children up for success if they're little, like try not to go to the store when they're hungry or when mm-hmm. they're tired or um, uh, when um, they're just exhausted with life. I think that we try to squeeze in one more errand and I know that I'm like <laughs> the first to raise my hand and say done that, but um, it really does help them to have a better experience and for you to have a better experience and for them to feel more proud of themselves mm-hmm. that they were able to do what you asked them to do if you think a little bit beforehand and, and well, and it's almost yeah. like a duh. Yeah, like of course I shouldn't expect things to go well if my kid is tired, but somehow we still hope and we still put ourselves yeah. in these situations a lot. And I think yeah. there's so much power in what you just said and yeah. just not putting ourselves there or accepting that it will be that way so that we aren't disappointed. Because that mm-hmm. is the big problem. Is like, why is this happening? Like, I need to be where I need mm-hmm. to go. But if I would have. Mm-hmm. I don't know, predicted that that would happen, I would have handled it so much Or been in control of it. I used to take things like so personally. Like if my kid threw a tantrum, I was like, this is a direct, (laughs) you're making my life miserable on purpose. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. like I took it so personally and I got to kind of a point where I can separate myself. Like that is life happening and my emotions are over here and they're totally separate. He can be a total, or whoever's throwing a fit, can be a total mess right now, but I'm gonna remain calm and I'm gonna allow my emotions to be separate from what's actually happening because otherwise... I'm ready to throw a tantrum. <laughs> yeah. We're all just crying. Right, yeah. right. And that's that's really important, actually, is to remember that they're children and you're an adult. They're so mm-hmm. much younger than you as far mm-hmm. as like lifespan. Let's think about mm-hmm. that. How much more wisdom and knowledge do you have yeah. than a child has? And so as far as like development and the brain developing, 
it is very age typical and even age appropriate for them to throw a tantrum. Right. They're supposed to be doing that. And we're and we think the opposite, like you're not supposed to be doing that. Yeah. You're yes, embarrassing me. <laughs> they are supposed to be doing that. That's brain development. Um a tattletaling and whining, that's also a brain developing because they're starting to figure out like there's problems and I need to solve them, but I don't know how yet. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that's where we are right yeah. now. Thank yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how yet. Uh, being surly when they're teenagers and they're rolling their eyes and they're slamming doors or they're talking back, that's also like, that's development. They're, um, the brain is supposed to turn inward when they're at that age and just think about themselves because they have to develop so quickly and be able to skyrocket up to that adulthood pretty quickly by the time they're in their teens. So yeah. it's very interesting to think like, this is not personal, it's childhood. Yeah. It's, they're supposed to be behaving like that and it helps to separate um, it totally does. your story from their story. Yeah. yeah, And we should let them be where they're at. Yeah, I think that's huge. And I mean, I hear all the time. um, I mean, there's so many different and this could be I mean, this is such a like a controversial topic where everybody has lots of different opinions about how to handle tantrums and poor behavior and everything. And lots of times you hear like, well, my kid would never do that because I know how to just put them in their place or they know that Mm -hmm. they know they can't mess with me or whatever. And then they shouldn't behave that way or whatever. So um, I think there's letting them be there first of all and understanding that it's normal second of all how do we handle this positively how do we handle these tantrums and these these really tough developmental stages and how do we handle it correctly in a way that's positive for our children oh good questions you guys um so going back to like meeting them where they are I feel like the best example with that is um, Jesus Christ. Like he always met people where they were. He mm-hmm. did not expect them to come to his level, right? He went. He got down in the dirt. He met people where they were. And I have to remember to be that way too. I need to get down at my child's level. I need to like talk to them and help them to calm down um, and to be willing to meet them um, to say, I'm here, I'm ready. And with arms open, right? That's the other thing is discipline. You're saying like, um, they, they shouldn't talk to me like that. I'm going to, you know, let them know what's what people think that's what discipline is, but discipline, the real word means to teach. Mm -hmm. So discipline is not yelling at your child because you're not teaching your child anything in that moment. Discipline is truly meeting them where they are and waiting for them to be teachable. And that looks like waiting for them to be calm, waiting for them to smile, waiting for them to um, listen to you and teach them in a way that they will learn. And um, so you mentioned, like, how do we do that in a positive way? Yeah. That's just it. Wait for them to, to um, be teachable. Um, I love uh, Clayton Christensen. He wrote a book called How Will You Measure Your Life? And he talks about how children will learn when they're ready to learn, not when you're ready to teach them. Hmm. So uh, the brain, what we know about the brain is that when it's angry, it's actually like thinking down in the base of the brain called the amygdala, which is like the fight or flight mode. So all Mm -hmm. they're doing is they want to either escape and get away from you or they want to fight back and yell and scream Hmm. and kick. So that's not a teachable moment. And that's not a positive time to try to teach a child. So we wait. You can try to like appeal to their thinking brain, try to talk to them and get them to calm down and talk to you. 
but if you can't do it, then I would just give yourself some time and some space, both of you time and space. Um, that looks like walking away. That looks like just saying, I'm here and I'm ready when you're ready. Um, um, if you feel like sometimes parents, uh, like a higher level of parenting is when we can give a child our calm, but sometimes we will absorb their anger. And so if you mm -hmm. feel like you're absorbing their anger, I would give yourself space because um, you'll both say things that you regret. You'll say things that you wish you hadn't done. Um, so um, give yourself space and time, but then come back and start with something that's happy and positive. Give them a hug. Tell them that you love them. Tell them that you're proud of them for what they've done and have them recognize like what it feels like to self-soothe, to self-regulate. That's a really important skill for children to learn in today's world. Mm -hmm. They really struggle with that right now um, with um, self-regulation. So teach them what that looks like and, and what it feels like to have their heart rate go down. Like have them even like feel their, mm -hmm. their heart. Like is it calm? Is it peaceful? And and um, express your um, your gratitude for them doing that. Uh, and then um, talk, ask them questions. That's another thing, like engage their brain. Like I think that we spend way too much time and energy telling children things that they already know. You can't hit your sister. Yeah. Don't you know that'll hurt her? Um, you're not supposed to bite. That will hurt people. They, they already know that, right? Mm -hmm. They already know. So mm -hmm. um, ask them questions. Even though she took that away from you, what are you supposed to do? And you'll find that they have—they already know the answer. Yeah, they already know. Um, children are really wise; they pick up on stuff very quickly because you're the teacher, right? You mm -hmm. teach them through your model. You teach them through deliberate ways, so they already know the answer. Um, that's what I would—I could recommend as far as like just handling it in a positive way. Wait for them to be teachable. To start with something that's positive so that you engage their brain, you open up to their prefrontal cortex, which means like the thinking, the high level of reasoning, and, um, and, they, and, and they'll be teachable in that moment. And what you're doing there is you're creating momentum for the future. You're creating good behavior for the future. So that behavior just didn't just stop. You're giving them a skill so that they can do better in the future. So you're getting um, more positive behavior in your home. We are so excited to welcome our sponsor for this episode, Lucky and Me. Lucky and Me is an adorable online children's shop that focuses on children's underwear products. They're super soft fabric blends, several products featuring 100% organic cotton. They're perfect for sensitive skin, which is huge for my little kids. The quality design and the fit that can stand up to all day play, which is a must. And they always have tagless. There's never a tag on them and they're machine washable. We've been living in these because my little boy just recently got potty trained. He absolutely loves these underwear products. And as I've compared them to the underwear that we've bought at other places, just like your typical store, um, they are so much softer. Like we said, no tag. And, and the they're cute. Yes. So cute. The quality just can't be beat. And the, the colors are adorable. They have a huge variety of colors to pick from. I love that. So you can find them at luckyandme.com. And they have been so generous and given us a code for our listeners. So you're going to get 25% off your entire order with free shipping over $35 with code MAMAHOOD25. That is MAMAHOOD25 at LuckyAndMe.com. 
Okay, back to the show. Um, Ralphie, you talk a lot about role-playing on your yeah. Instagram. Can we kind of just give our listeners a brief overview of this practice and how it just relates to creating a happy home? Yeah, so that's a great one. Um, segue into what I was just talking about. So role-play is this beautiful thing um, uh, uh, that it's it's a skill, it's a strategy for getting children engaged in their own learning. And it's overlooked but kids love it. They love it so much because it's pretending, mm-hmm. it's bonding with a parent, it's funny, it's fun, mm-hmm. um, and it's rehearsal for real, for real life. So let's think about how many experiences you've had in your life where you're like, I know how to behave in that situation because I've experienced that before and right. I've learned from mistakes. Right. But children don't have that right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, especially teenagers they don't there's so many things that they're asked to do that they're like hang on now I've never done that before yeah, yeah. I don't know how to uh-huh. do it so um, asking a child let's say for example asking a child okay we're gonna go to the park and I want you the, all of the rocks need to stay on the ground okay um, and you need to be gentle with your hands so let's practice that at home before we get there so you pretend like you're the little friend at the park and you want to play with them and there's all these rocks on the ground and ooh, you really <laughs> want to pick them up and throw them but what should we do and oh and then and then you um, give them praise for doing it well and keeping their hands to themselves and giving them a high five and talking it through so it's really is truly a rehearsal sometimes parents will say um, yeah, I did redirect or I did teach them what they should do or I did use a role play. I sat them down and we talked about it and I'm like, no, 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 no. Like really act it out. I mean like act mm-hmm. silly, act fun. If you mm-hmm. if you just have fun and you um, and you act almost childlike, it opens up their prefrontal cortex. It's amazing. A sense of humor, creativity, um, laughter and happiness opens up their learning. It allows them to learn so much more effectively. And if they can just practice that behavior and do it with props and do it with dad or do it with mom, the likelihood of them succeeding is so much higher, so much higher when they're supposed to perform it in real life. So if your child is struggling with a behavior, I would just recommend so much to just try a role play just try and if your child's too little like some children that are like maybe two or three that don't have the verbal skills yet or one and a half you can do it with dolls like therapists use dolls mm-hmm. a lot and they'll mm-hmm. and they'll just like act it out and you say what should the doll do should he be nice or should he hit and let them choose what the doll should do be okay. nicer should they or, or hit so um they uh the brain is the brain grows um how how it's used so if you allow your child to make lots of choices and choices after choices after choices and for them to see the consequences whether they positive or negative for their choices then they'll just get better at making choices good choices so um ask them lots of questions do role plays um engage their brain as much as you can in their own learning it's more effective that's amazing i love that Setting them up for success. I mean, yeah. that's just the whole thing. And we role play stuff. Like, I I was just going through in my head, like, before this interview, I, I read through the questions and thought through, you know, what we were going to talk about. And we should allow the same for our children to be able to think through things and prepare them for success. And yeah, I love it. I love it so much. That's amazing. Um, what are some other 
examples, I guess. I love the rock example. That's yeah. like something we face right now <laughs> all the time. Any other little things that you see are super common for little kids that, that moms have success role playing with them? Um, so let's say like going to the grocery store and just staying in the grocery cart. Like that's mm-hmm. more a more difficult one to role play, but you can, um, well, uh, something that helps really, a ton and it's a, a form of role play but it's not true acting it out it's just to like to set clear expectations and and sit with them in the car before you go in there and say all right this is what's going to happen we're going to go to the grocery store and it's only going to be 30 minutes so that's not very long that's like a that's like a Daniel Tiger episode you like liken it to something uh-huh. that they understand 30 minutes is kind of obscure to a little three-year-old yeah but then um say uh if you can stay in the cart the whole time, then we can. Um, then you can put all the groceries up, uh, grocery uh, groceries up on the conveyor belt, or you can play with the windows the whole way home, or um, something to where you're just creating momentum that's positive, and they know what to expect. They're looking forward to it. There's some, a positive consequence that they get um, when they behave well. Uh, so that that's one, the grocery store. Another one is like getting into the car seat. That's a difficult one for parents, yeah. right? It's just getting mm-hmm. their child in the car seat, especially if you're at a time crunch and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, we're in a hurry. Um, I've got to go to the dentist or whatever it is. Um, if you know that your child is struggling with that, make that be a part of your life for a little while and practice it. Give them a timer and um, see if they can do it. Like have them hold the timer or something like that. See if they mm-hmm. can do it in one minute. Give them a huge high five and a... Um, and a hug and, and ask them how proud they feel of themselves for the ability of being able to get in their car seat by themselves. So the goal with parenting is to get them to be intrinsically motivated as quickly as possible. So you can give them positive consequences, um, a positive reinforcement or like a reward if you need to that enables them to create momentum Mm -hmm. for good behavior but to turn it inward as quickly as you can like how did that make you feel aren't you so proud of yourself so let's not be hyper focused on the reward let's be more focused on the effort it took to get there yeah and how it rewards them personally in their everyday life and and gives them a better life yeah yeah better situation yeah yeah oh my gosh I'm like soaking all this in because I feel like (laughs) I mean, it's so true. Like, I will have a bazillion things. And so, like, the car seat example, it's like I expect them to hurry and get in their car seat. But they don't, they didn't know we were leaving. Like, having right. that conversation before in the yeah. car is life-changing. Like, yeah, I, I think they have that. They start to get their, I mean, they have expectations, too. So, if they know what's coming up, then it's not such a battle. Right, right. And that's in adult stories too. It's like we know what the whole day is going to look like, right? From the time we wake up in the morning to the time we're going to go to bed. We have a plan, we have a schedule, but we leave our children out of that. And it just kind of happens to them. Right, it kind of happens to them. Like, oh, okay, now we're we're doing this now. They're a little bit of a victim to your schedule. Mm -hmm. And so if you can involve them in it, if you can give them clear expectations, if you can say, if we can behave well, then we'll get to do this. It's like, ah, oh, there's an end mm-hmm. to this effort that I have around. to yeah. push myself forward and um, and strive and um, be able to to meet that goal. But there's something at the end that will that will give me happiness. So is that kind of borderline bribing? <laughs> <laughs> like, I want your opinion on bribing. Do you feel oh, like? Yeah. Are you like? Just tell me your opinion about it. <laughs> 
So I think that um, a lot of parents really worry about bribing because bribing has this uh, negative. Uh, I mean, as soon as you say bribe, what do you think? Like, oh, like not good. Or, yeah. Bad. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah they're spoiled. Um, and you know, it's illegal. You're not supposed to bribe people. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. That's a bad thing. Um, so with bribing, bribing is a little bit different with bribing. It happens. It's like reactive response to a behavior and it puts the child in control of the parent. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It's like you have, you have run out of ideas and you're like, stop screaming in the grocery cart here. You grab the the goldfish off of the aisle. You open up the bag and you hand it to them, right? Like right. that's, yeah. mm-hmm. that is more of a bribe. It's like an immediate dopamine hit to the brain. Like, ah, okay, yeah. I got yeah. mom to do what I wanted her to mm-hmm. do. And I get, I get what I want. Um, with um, incentives or with positive reinforcement, it's, a, it's different. It um, stimulates brain growth. Because it's not immediate. It's more it's, like a consequence. It's more after. like a positive consequence for a good behavior. So it's um, in the future. With little kids, it can't be too far into the future. It's more like if you can run and get your pajamas on in two minutes, then come over to me and I'm going to give you a huge high five or we're going to do a silly dance. Or we're going to dance to a song or whatever. So mm-hmm. people could say that's a bribe, but for me, it stimulates brain growth. It requires effort. It requires them to push themselves. I don't know. Can I do it? I think I can. And so Mm -hmm. they go and they do it and then they feel good about that behavior. What's awesome about um, positive parenting, the secret of positive parenting is what's called associative learning. And that is when the brain connects a behavior with a good feeling. Mm-hmm. So if you're making them feel good about putting, the, putting their pajamas on by having a positive consequence at the end, it's so much more likely for them to do that behavior again in the future. Especially if you're like, you did it. You Even should that, be though, so proud yeah, of yourself. Like that yeah. in and of itself is a huge thing for them, I think. Oh, they yeah. don't have to have oh, yeah. a tree right, every time. Right. Just yes, acting that way. Absolutely. I absolutely. I think the number one reward for children is just parental attention and parental time. So yeah. just giving them your time and your attention. And yeah. that costs you nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Okay, I, I have totally to tell you this that. really fast. Yeah. So my little, I have um, a one-year-old and her, and they're about 14 months apart. And so my one-year-old is, or she's almost two, but she's like a two-year-old. She's running around crazy. And half the time she doesn't want me because I have her, yeah. my littlest all the time. Yeah. And I was talking to my mom about it and she was just like, she doesn't want you because you're not acting like she's the favorite. Like maybe uh, like she thinks that your favorites, you know, like I'm always holding this other baby. Yeah. And so I've kind of swapped it and the, it was night and day. It was wow. an instant like change. I, I like kind of put her down when she was, didn't need me and I completely turned it. So it was my time and all of my focus on her and she totally loves me now. And, <laughs> and it's so funny because like she literally didn't want to come to me. She didn't want like she would rather my sister like it. And I was like, that is so sad. And so I did kind of what you're saying. I kind of just gave her all of my time and attention. Mm-hmm. And I started to do it with all my kids. And I'm like, holy cow. Like they respond immediately, even, yeah. you know, just to a 24 hours worth of doing that. And yes. it, all it took was me to just look her in the eye, get down to her level act like she is just everything to me even though she just made the biggest mess <laughs> but like getting down on their level and loving her for that I mean I'm just blown away at the how different it was and it took me a second because I'm over here like 
trying to just fulfill needs for my youngest yeah. and my old, you know, I'm trying to juggle everything. And so my mom kind of opened my eyes to being like, she's watching you, like look over at her because she's watching you mm. being all busy with the other kids and she needs you to look at her too. So yeah. I don't know. I just love no, that. No, no, no. We're drinking the same Kool-Aid. <laughs> I totally, totally agree with that. Um, it's funny because I'm doing a, a Dear Daughter conference, which is like just a conference for mothers and daughters in a couple of days. And that's one of the things that I'm teaching and I'm talking about is like how important your time is to your child. So to make sure to to like sep- like section out. And again, we're going back to like living a deliberate life, a purposeful time for them. Um, where you're giving them eye contact. There's research about just giving your children eye contact, Mm -hmm. which is crazy, right? Mm -hmm. Like, why is that a struggle for us today? But it really is just Mm -hmm. to look at them in the eye. Um, And and they don't need a ton. They don't need a ton. Like, um, the research says nine minutes a day. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that crazy? Like, all Mm -hmm. they need is nine minutes. So... It really what it what it like special time or you can call it whatever you want. What it does is it it creates space for them in your home. Like they don't have to fight for it anymore because you create it for them. And you mm-hmm. say, what is important to you is important to me because mm-hmm. you're important. And I love I love special time. It decreases sibling rivalry. It decreases tantrums. Mm-hmm. It decreases um, acting out. Um, it just makes such a big difference it in your does. home. It does. We just started doing space for 10 minutes a day and yeah. for all yeah. my kids. And it is like, like if that yeah. was one thing I could ever do. <laughs> yeah. What, what does your special time look like though? Like what do you guys do for that? Yeah, that's a good question. So um, for my kids, it's at bedtime. We'll, I'll, I'll sit by them and we'll talk about their day. Um, I tried to do it throughout the day too, especially for my little one. Little ones crave it. Big older ones do too, but later in the day as mm-hmm. they get, uh, um, as so here's a note for the mamas that don't have older ones. So if when your children get older, later in the day is better, especially at bedtime. If you sit by their bed and you just scratch their back or something, they'll like open up to you and the floodgates will um, come. Uh, but uh, yeah, so for us, what, what is tricky with special time is to make it sustainable, right? Because we're so, so, so super busy. So for me, what has worked really well is to build it into my schedule for things that are already happening. Um, in my home, we do something called the mom store. It's on my Instagram feed. If you want, there's like a bubble, like yes. a highlight where we it's talk so about good. it. It's so, so good. <laughs> so it's just, it's just like what you're talking about before. It's just a positive reward system for getting them going with reading and um, just kind of kickstarts that behavior. And um, they we do it for about an hour every day in the summertime and about an hour every on the weekends when they're in school. But what I do is I'll just sit and I'll take turns with them during that hour. So I'll sit with this child for 20 minutes and then I'll sit with that child for 20 minutes and I'll just like sit and either read to them or listen to them read and I'll brush their hair or we'll do whatever. And so that's what works really well for me right now in my busy phase of life mm-hmm. is to just kind of fit it into my schedule in a way that works for me. And and um, you should do that too. make it sustainable, make it something that's doable. It doesn't have to be getting in the car and going on a date for two hours every weekend or mm-hmm. whatever make it be something that's doable because consistency matters more than uh I don't know, like how cool it is. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah. The planning that's involved. Well, and I love what you said about eye contact. Um, I have found that my little boy, my three year old, 
thrives so much better with eye contact. And I can see the literal like inner, I don't know, the light inside of him literally light up when I'm looking at him and talking to him and praising him positively Mm. in his eyes. And we've talked a lot on here about um, looking at our children in the eyes more than we look at our phone. And that was a mental shift that I made a couple months ago. Like, I don't want my kids to have memories of me looking at a phone. I want them to have memories Mm -hmm. of me looking in their eyes. And I cannot say, our listeners have kind of gone on this journey with me of me being like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to make that a goal. And now that it's like a few months down the road, I need to like, I need to say like, eye contact does so much. My kids feel more connected to me. They talk to me more. They come to me more for help and for, I mean, to, to ask to be played with more. They bring me books more. And I think it's just that, really the only change I can say that was made was just that simple change of like looking in their eyes, Mm. not looking down at a phone ever throughout the day, looking them in their eyes. And, um, I just didn't realize until we've just been talking about this, like, yeah, eye contact changes things. So huge. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It just says to your child, I see you. Yeah. That's it. You know, that's all that's, Mm-hmm. That is the only message that a child needs. As my children go older and they become um, more able to do things that I would have done for them, like do their own hair or pack their lunches. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, my daughter just got a permit, so she's going to be able to drive herself re- relatively soon. You start to feel this, like, oh, what's my role, right? Like, yeah. I'm a contributor. Like, what do I do now? Like, you you guys can do all this stuff. And you almost have this mom guilt. Like, I should I be doing that for them still? I don't know. The more that I realize that all my children need from me, my role as a mother is to be an emotional touchstone. Mm -hmm. That's it. Period. I just need to be that place for them to come. That safe spot. Yeah, that safe place and to be that touchstone for them. Um, So yeah, that I end up being able to say, I see you. I see where you are and I love you. I love, I love you where so you are. Much. It's tough to be a toddler. Like if you, if you think about it, it, it really is tough. They are trying to figure out life and navigate and communicate. They're trying to, mm-hmm. yeah. Like they don't even know how to communicate their needs. They don't, like you said, they, their days just kind of happen to them. They don't have a say really in how the day goes. And there's so much to be said about just meeting them where they are, seeing them and seeing what they're experiencing. I love, I yeah. love it so much. Yeah. Um, if you had, you know, one more big takeaway for moms who are, are seeking to have a happier home or a happier relationship with their children, what would that kind of final takeaway be for you? Um, so I get asked this question a lot and my answer is always the same because it makes the biggest difference in your home is if you can just pay attention to the good that your child is doing. It's so natural for us. That's how our brain is wired is to look for what's going wrong because it's a fight it's a survival skill. Our brains right. haven't evolved that far. But we need to retrain our brains to look for what's going right and to let our children know that we love it. If you can look for what's going right in your home, your children will produce more good for you. And mm-hmm. as they're producing more good for you, the negative behavior just disappears. I we don't need to be like an all of the junk that's in our children's lives. Some, some of that stuff like we were talking about before, it's just developmental. It's just a part of growing up. We don't need to be in that. Mm-hmm. What we do need to be in, however, is to let them know, I love it when you play kindly with your sister. Thank you for asking 
um, that's um, good manners. Thank you for waiting. That's being patient. Mm-hmm. Um, you're so dependable. I can I can rely on you to clean up when I ask you to clean up. Uh, whatever it is, like paying attention to your child, it boosts their self esteem. It lets them know that they're capable of more good. Mm-hmm. And and as you do that, your behavior gets better too because you are starting to feel good about your life. You're like, my life is great. Uh-huh. And so, you know, it, it allows you to enjoy your family more, enjoy your life more, and to feel rejuvenated in your parenting if you can just look for what's going well. Um, there's just so much research out there that says that it works best. That positive reinforcement and positive consequences work best by far. So that would be my big Amazing. number one. Amazing. Look for what's and good. So needed. I just feel like there's so much good that all of us are, when you're just trying to wing it and trying to be a mom, I mean, I just, you just need tools like this to yeah. help you figure it out. And when you're not and you're out of that control and you don't, you feel like things are crazy and a mess, it's so hard. But mm-hmm. you're, what you said in the very beginning is just being that proactive and mm-hmm. it changes everything and having intent with what you're doing so mm-hmm. i don't know i just Looking i'm just soaking yeah. all of it it's in. just a mind like it's just a little mind shift like oh okay and not only are you shifting but you're but the research is backing you up and saying do it it's gonna work better for you and it will make you happier um and so i think that's why simply and Pur- uh people love simply and purpose so well and it's doing so well it's because it is so simple mm-hmm. it's just simple stuff like looking for what's good mm-hmm. and it's a mind yeah. shift and yeah. I mean, it it's just a completely yeah. you know it's just a quick mind shift mm-hmm. of how you're approaching things. Mm-hmm. yeah it's a new opportunity for hope in your life i think yeah. that's what's so refreshing so a couple of um just kind of fun little last questions that we like to ask our guests what is one, I guess, simple little thing is making your life easier right now. So I know you guys are going to laugh, but <laughs> but I just I love popcorn so much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we have been eating so much popcorn. <laughs> and um, I there's just this giant bag at Costco. Is it Boom Chicka Pop? Or yes, is it? the kettle okay. corn. It's yeah. so good. You guys, I know that has <laughs> nothing to do with parenting, but it has everything to do with happiness, which will help you be a better parent. <laughs> I, you know, If you're a popcorn fan, go get it. Because, yeah, we eat so a lot of popcorn. You just need those guilty good. pleasures throughout your day. Yeah, it I does. Know. It makes life I know. <laughs> I know. I feel like I talk about like tools and skills and, and stuff so much that... Um, yeah, sometimes just, just a simple a like popcorn. handful of popcorn, guys. Go get it. <laughs> hey, but do you have like you had the skinny pop? Mm-hmm. That's good too. It's super good. Yes. I don't know I why. Have, like I have both of those at my house <laughs> right now under my bed. You should have popped some <laughs> for this video. <laughs> I do. I, I do. love it. That's where we keep all the special mommy snacks <laughs> under the bed. Oh, no. That's oh, a good yes. place. I do. Do you like movie theater popcorn? Yes, you guys, there's no popcorn that I don't like. I don't think there's any popcorn that I'm not, I don't love right now. I, yeah, I will admit, I have sent my husband with our popcorn bucket to get movie theater popcorn and bring oh, it yes. home. Are you serious? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. oh yes. I have, I have good friends that do that, too. So I'm just going to say this because Audrey's from um, Texas as well, but there is, uh, there is a, a, Central oh, Market caramel gosh. popcorn yes. that Ooh, is like, How have I not you want to lick the bag so good Ooh, just yummy. for anybody else that's in it's Texas. the best <laughs> i miss it so bad it is so good yeah. um random wow. but important i know <laughs> and for us in utah that's just sad <laughs> <I love it. laughs> um one other thing that we ask 
or we always share on the show. What is just like a win? We talk about wins and fails. So a parenting or motherhood or whatever, a win or a fail that you've had in your life. It could be both. It could be either just in recent history. Love it. Okay, so um, you asked me this before, and the first one that came to my mind was my oldest daughter, who's almost 16. Um, uh, you know, teenagers are like touch and go, and she's no, she's no, uh, she's a teenager, and I absolutely love her. She's fun, and um, we have such a good time together. Um, but there definitely are those paydays, right? Where you're yeah. like, oh, today was a good day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so um, she just went on a on a on trek, which is they they um, walk, uh, they camp for like five days and they walk for like six miles a day. Um, it's just in the and heat. it's for the youth in, in it's, our church. Yes, for yeah. the youth. And it's just to prove to them like that they can do hard things mm-hmm. and also to remind them of their ancestors that went um, that walked um, across the plains to to make it uh, so that they could have religious freedom. Anyway, so she did this experience and she came home and um, we were asking her about it. And she said, I said, well, so what's one thing that you've learned? And she said, for me, it was that I love my family so much and that I'm so grateful for my family. You guys are my best friends. And you know what? I cried. Like, I straight up (laughs) cried. Like, I was like, Erin, that is the most beautiful thing you've ever said. There's just moments like that. So just, like, write them down, friends, or just remember them because... Sometimes they're few and far between, but it when you have them, it is worth every effort. It is worth all of the time. It's worth all of the energy. It's worth all of the mess and all of the sorrow and all of the uh, all of the joy to like hear them say, "Mom, Dad, thank you. Thanks for creating an environment where I can thrive, where I feel encouraged, where I feel loved, and I'm accepted for who I am. And I love being here. Mm-hmm. I love being at home. I think that's like the highest compliment you could get. That's the goal. That's the goal, right? Yeah. So. That's amazing. Thank you Are for there any that. words you would just want to finish with telling the mo- our listeners that are listening right now, just any words of encouragement or love you want to talk about or send to them? Yeah, I would. You know, I think that I would say number one is to just keep trying. Don't feel overwhelmed. Um, I think that people feel like progress is linear, but it's not linear. It's not. It's not. It's up. It's down. Sometimes it's backwards a little bit. But as long as you can look, you know, six months behind you and say, "I've made. I'm making progress." I am becoming a happier parent. I'm becoming a safer parent. I'm becoming a parent who um, knows more about myself and respects myself better, who has fallen into myself. As you, I mean, everybody says, oh, your 30s are better, your 40s are better, and they're saying that for a reason. They're saying that because you just are happier with who you are. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's because we're making progress a little bit at a time. Uh, There's just like, the future's bright. The future has a lot of hope. And the reason is because we have awesome children who are who are growing up to be our heroes. And we just, um, we need to love them for it and respect them for it and respect ourselves for being the people who who cultivate that heroism in them. In them. Oh, you're amazing. <laughs> you are, Rafi. Thank you so much. Um, tell us, 
tell our listeners where they can find you and your your programs and everything. Where can they where can they connect with you online and where do you live online? <laughs> where do I live? Uh, I live on Instagram online. Um, so my feed is called Simply on Purpose. Um, I have a link tree that has all of my active workshops. So I travel around the U.S. doing workshops on positive parenting and just teaching all of the good stuff, giving you lots of tools and skills. We laugh a ton. We do role plays. We um, have such a good time. And it's just such a great re- a reboot for parents to just feel like, okay, I'm ready. I've got tools. And it's a huge pat on the back because there's so many things that you guys are doing already intuitively mm-hmm. um, really well. So I want you guys to feel like you're doing a great job. I want to come. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you should come. So yeah, those are there and um, lots of podcasts that I've been on as well. Just tons of resources for you. Um, I want you guys to succeed. And I have a free course called the Stay Safe Series. It's also on my on my link in my profile which just just helps you to um, be in control of yourself to recognize your own story and how that's different from your child's story and um, Mm -hmm. to give you the tools to help you well thank you so much for being on the show for sitting here in my living room (laughs) (laughs) we have the best job we get to sit here and hear these (laughs) and like you know these amazing words of encouragement and it's just people like you that are making parenting easier and making life better for, for young moms who are in the trenches. And, and that's that's what makes us feel so lucky to know you. So oh. thank you for And thanks for si- She's sitting here watching us both nurse our babies. Oh. Yeah. And I'm just like, give, I just want, I want to nurse a baby too. And I'm like, wait, no, no. They're right. <laughs> they don't work anymore. <laughs> so funny. Listen, well, thanks, Ralphie. You're welcome. <laughs>